Amen. Would you stand as you are able for today's scripture reading? We hear the words of Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day by day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Whenever I hear the opening line of that psalm, I uh, remember Haydn's great work uh, called The Creation. It's the first time I ever sang in a in a major work, uh, my first semester in college, in the chorus of that oratorio. And I hear that music every time I hear those words. The heavens are telling the glory of God. We live in a marvelous creation, don't we? We know now through our technology and our science with Hubble Telescope and all the things that creation is vast beyond our comprehension. And we know that it is beautiful beyond our description. And there's a part of creation, as I was talking with the kids this morning, that connect each of us in a special way. The mountains or the beach or the desert or the forests. There's something that connects us in a special way to God when we're in those places. And that makes perfect sense to me because we are creatures, right? The human creature is a part of creation. And so when we are in creation, enjoying those places that speak to us and move us, it is because we are connected in an even more powerful way to God. And those of us who may not particularly care about any of those different aspects of creation, who is not amazed and moved by 
the pictures of creation or the films about the ecosystems of the planet and the vastness of God's creation. Like so many people in my demographic in this country, uh, I grew up being fascinated with travel in space. Anybody who sat on the floor with their face this close to the TV screen and watched those two guys land and walk on the moon, I don't think we ever got space travel very far out of our mind. It was just such a part of our life. But as I grew up, I had no delusion that I could be an astronaut. All that math and slide rules and stuff, there's no way I could ever do that. So I switched gears. I was going to still travel a little bit into space. I was going to be financially successful enough I could afford a ticket on the Concorde. The Concorde was a really fast airplane. <laughs> Supersonic airplane that flew so high you could see the curvature of the earth. That would be the closest to outer space I could ever get, but that was enough for me. But me being me, <laughs> what happened in 2003? They quit having the Concorde. And I'd never quite made it to buy one of those $15,000 round trip tickets from New York to Paris. And so, alas, I won't travel in space. You can travel now. You've been following that? Prices range from about $250,000 to $35 million. You can go into outer space. I know because I looked it up. <laughs> I'm not going into outer space at all, anytime. Well, we live in this wonderful creation. And people have explored it on our little planet within creation. There are those who have sailed into the seas past the point that the map said there be monsters here. There have been those who've climbed the highest mountains and sat at the top of the world. There are those who have dived into the depths of the sea. There are those who break free of gravity enough to fly in planes and into space. We have explored this little part of creation and found it more amazing than we could ever comprehend. C.S. Lewis, the great uh, writer, put it this way. If God, such a God as any adult religion believes in, exists, mere movement in space will never bring you any nearer to him or any further from him than you are at this very moment. God is with us because we are within the creation of a loving God. Creation blesses us with God's presence all the time. Well, the psalmist who wrote these beautiful words of Psalm 19 was uh, living in a time where they thought the sun went around us. They didn't have all of the scientific knowledge we have. But oh, how they understood what God was doing in creation. The heavens are telling the glory 
of God. And the firmament proclaims his handiwork. I love that beginning of that psalm. Day by day and night by night, the message goes out. There aren't any words. <laughs> there aren't any voices. But the message goes out of the greatness and the glory of God. You read in the New Testament, century upon century upon century later than the psalmist, and you read these words from Paul in the book of Romans. Ever since the creation of this world, his eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things he has made. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and creation preaches its own sermon that doesn't need any words because the message of God's glory is beyond words anyway. It's a powerful way God reveals God's self to us. And with that reveals the wonderful truth that every creature in creation, every aspect of creation lives and moves and has its being within the love of the creator. Isn't that a beautiful psalm? But it can be confusing because all of a sudden it switches gears. Did you notice that? It's talking about the heavens and there are no words. And then all of a sudden it's talking about the law, which is words. Lots and lots of words. But it's not such a sharp departure as it first seems because it's both through creation and through the law that we know who God is. The blessing is that we don't have to search for God, try to uncover God. God's not hiding from us. God is constantly revealing to us who God is and how much God loves us. The psalmist writes that in the law, we learn that the creator God is a God who forgives. What a beautiful thing to know about God. I hope you know that. I hope you know that in your life. The God who created all there is knows you and you and you and me and forgives us. What a blessing that is to know. The glory of the heavens is amazing. And the glory of the law is amazing. But the most amazing thing of all is found in that psalm when the psalmist says that the creator God can make a sinful creature blameless and innocent of any transgression. That's the greatest thing we'll ever know about God. The God of creation reveals that love drives the universe and that we, by following God's way, can find harmony with God and with each other and with all the rest of creation. And perhaps the key to understanding this whole psalm is in the very last word, in the very last verse. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my 
Redeemer. Redeemer. That word speaks of the practice of the kinsman redeemer, the one in the family who is responsible to buy back another family member out of slavery. We know that through the story of Ruth, Boaz is the redeemer. Do you see what the psalmist is saying? The God who put the sun on its course and the moon and stars in place. The God who created all there is and all we'll never even be able to imagine. Knows us personally. There's nothing more personal than the kinsman redeemer. That's who the creator God is. The creator God calls each and every one of us into a relationship of love and grace and forgiveness. Every time I read this psalm, I always think to myself, we Christians could add a third verse to these lyrics. The glory of creation, the blessing of creation, the blessing of the law. We could add a third verse. Because we believe in the incarnation. That there was a moment in time when the creator God became one of us. A human creature. And lived our life. And showed us the way to God. Creation was never more blessed than in that moment when Jesus was born. And we've never been so blessed by anything as in that life of Jesus who revealed to us the extent that the love of the Creator God would go to make itself known to us. That we might know we're loved. That we might know we're forgiven. That we might know we belong to God. We are blessed by creation. And we can bless creation by living in that love and living out of that love. And showing that love to others. And celebrating that love every day of our life. And let other people know that they too are loved by the Creator. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.